Yo, what up? Welcome back to the Shaw's Law Podcast. I am your host, Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God. And y'all are so lucky Podcast Poppy is taken because I was going to run with that shit too. But today I got my man Chris on with me. He's a big time Philly Sixers fan. So you know I had to get the guy on for the season preview. Chris, say what up. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Um, Chris, where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they find your work so they know what kind of person I'm working with today? Twitter handle is at Stuyakovich, S-T-E-W-Y-A-K-O-V-I-C. And is that a play on Stewie and Stoyakovich? Everyone always told me I play like Peja Stoyakovich growing up. My nickname's Stu, so they combined the two, and Stoyakovich came out of that. That is fire. I am a sucker for puns and wordplay. Um, I just did a pod with uh, the Rebuildables last night. I'm not sure if you're familiar with their podcast. Um, but I did a pod with Matt uh, Gentile from there. And like I was like, Rebuildables, I get it. So Stuyakovich works for me too. Love it, love it. <clears throat> All right, so let's just jump right into it. How long have you been a Sixers fan? I'd say my fandom started when I was five years old, first grade. That's when they were in the NBA Finals that year. So I was kind of, you know, huge Iverson guy. Huge Allen Iverson guy. I was writing my first grade journal every day about the Sixers, about how the Lakers are kicking our ass and everything. But um, I don't know if we can curse on here, my bad. But, um, no, 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 no. Oh, fire off. No, this is this is a fun one. Let him go. Yeah, the Lakers were kicking our ass that whole series, but I still found stuff to write about every day. And Iverson was just all over my bedroom walls growing up and uh, just always been my favorite player. And stuck it out through the process years and – it's, it's a good time to be excited again about the Sixers after a couple early second-round exits and first-round exit this year, but it's looking better. All right. Um, this probably goes without saying, but let's just check in. Who's your favorite all-time Sixer? Allen Iverson. Second place, though, Thaddeus Young. Dad, Georgia Tech, ACC stand-up. Huge Thaddeus Young guy. All right. Um, your favorite Sixer on this current team? Favorite sixer on this current team. I'm actually a huge Seth Curry guy. I've loved him in the league for since he's been in and thrilled to have him. I, I'm thinking he's going to do big things for us. We will definitely be talking about uh, Seth Curry today. Don't you worry. Because I think that is a giant addition for you guys this offseason. All right. about How about a memory? Like something, it doesn't have to be, I remember we went to the fight. Like it could be, yo, me and the boys got super wasted at a game, and it was the dopest. Right, yeah, well, I was at a game, what was it, 2017? I had season tickets this year with my friend, and he never, my friend lived like two hours away from the stadium. I don't know why he got season tickets, so I always had two tickets to the game. I could always bring a friend, and my friend that I brought to this game was passed out drunk next to me, so it was only me awake for this game, but it was they played the T-Wolves that night, and Joel versus Carl Anthony Towns was always must-watch. But uh, the game came down to an inbounds play at the very end of the game. Darius Saric alley-ooped it to Covington at the rim. Buzzer beater, 0.1 seconds left. Everyone was going crazy. He finally woke up and no clue what was going on or anything. But uh, first time, the only time I've ever seen a buzzer beater in person. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, like those are the kinds of s- stories that like make you fall in love as a fan. Like, oh, man, I did this. Like, uh the All-Star game was in New York, and my brother and I went down to every event us Brokies could afford. So 
We went to all-star practice Saturday morning. We went to the rookie sophomore game. And then we went to a bunch of stuff around the city during the week. And it's just like my favorite weekend of all time. Dream right there. That whole lineup is a dream. All right. So you guys made some interesting additions and subtractions. The big subtractions I got, and you can tell you watch the team more than I do. So you can tell me, oh, now you're missing out here. Your big subtractions for me are Zaire Smith and Josh Richardson. At least you didn't name Al Horford. We're good there. Um, yeah, those would, those would definitely be the big two. I mean, like, Al should be named, but he's – what a disappointment. Like, yeah. Right? It was uh, – that contract alone was huge to get rid of. Um, what are your thoughts on Zaire Smith? Was this – did this losing him hurt or not really? I thought I thought he deserved a chance. I mean, that at the very worst case scenario with him, he's going to give you some good defensive minutes. He's good slasher on offense. I don't believe in the jump shot. I never thought the jump shot would ever come to anything above like thirty-two percent from three. So that one that would have teams sag off him and everything. But um, I believed in his slashing ability and defense for sure. And I think he kind of got a tough draw. Had the sesame seed allergy early on in his career. Really lost a lot of muscle on him. So I, he just kind of got a, had a bad draw and didn't get much playing time and, and just got waived by the Pistons. So who knows if anyone will even pick him up at this point. Um, this is year three for him? Year three, yes. So Oh, oh it's, it's, it's getting dark then. If you're getting waived by the Pistons, you're, doing, you're not going to get many other chances, I feel. Um, if you were his agent, could you make a pitch on why somebody should take a swing on him? I would just send them his highlight tapes from him dunking on Mikael Bridges in the tournament and just seeing that ability. He's real bouncy and play some lockdown defense. I think if he can prove he's even three-quarters of that right now, just give him a chance. You don't have to keep him. You don't have to sign him to a crazy contract. Just, you know, if you're a tanking team, why not? Um, happy trails, Josh Richardson. Nothing against Josh Richardson, but you mentioned how much you like Seth Curry. This swap just probably does it for you, right? Richardson's a good player. He's a very good player, but he was on an expiring deal. He wasn't a great shooter. He was kind of decent at everything. He wasn't great at anything, really, but he was a good player for us. I enjoyed his time here, but Seth Curry really fits what we're looking for. 42% from three was his worst season in the NBA, I saw. He's the best three-point percentage of anyone of all time, as of now, better than his brother. So, I mean, and that's what Joel and Ben need around them are shooters. When you put shooters around them, they're historically one of the best lineups for the so, duration as they played. There's definitely a world where Josh Richardson is a better player than Seth Curry, and Seth Curry is a 10 times better fit for this Philadelphia roster. Exactly. Curry's just the better fit. I wouldn't necessarily say he's the better player than Josh, but... Fit-wise, he fits like a glove on Philadelphia. Richardson didn't fit perfectly here. We needed some guy that can shoot. And he was tied with Jimmy Butler. So, like, we were comparing him to him the whole time. It was a tough draw from the beginning for him. All right. So, those are your two. Er, Dwight Howard. Huge. Huge on that Dwight Howard signing. Are you, You're huge on it. For what reasons? I think it's good value for him. $2 million. I was kind of big on bringing back New Orleans Noel too, but um, Dwight Howard has a ring on, on his finger now, and 
still one really good rebounder, can play some really good defense, and he'll play some good backup minutes for Joel. I'm not crazy about them playing together, but when Joel is taking a break, I don't think the Sixers will lose much momentum when Dwight's on the floor. Yeah, he's not. I don't think him and Joel should be paired together ever. No. But this, it's a condensed season. He's hey, Joel needs a rest day. He's very good. Joel rest day insurance. Oh, absolutely. I'm really excited for those nights. Um, you guys picked up the guy. Oh man, I'm not sure if you know, but the, my regular listeners know that in my mind, I graduated from Kentucky okay. under Coach Cal. So you dudes getting Tyrese Maxey is exciting for me just um, because he brings – he's not going to be elite at what this is, but he's – when I go through your roster, he's one of the only guys that creates his own shot at a decent level, and that is something you guys have been starving for. Um, Jimmy Butler fed you guys a little bit on that, but ever since Markel Fultz – did whatever he did you guys have been starving for a guard that can create for himself and others and Tyreek's Maxi is in no way perfect at that but he is the first guy that is of that archetype on your team in quite some time yes and that yes yeah, starving's even putting that easy um Sixers haven't had a guy that can create his own shot since Jimmy and that's not Jimmy's calling card it's huh. something Jimmy did for you guys and Jimmy is so talented that he can do things that aren't necessarily all his, but like, that's not, that's not his game. Yeah, he did it because we needed him to do it, but that's not what he came here to. He he didn't go to Miami to create every shot. You know, he's, he's in a perfect spot in Miami, but Tyrese, I was so happy to see him there at 21. I saw him on boards at the beginning of the season, like top five. I was saying, no, he sh- he's not top five good in this draft, but 21. I-, I had no idea he would be there at-, at 21. So that was thrilled to see him. He seems like a gym rat. Plays some in- intense defense. Love that. Can create a shot. His jump shot doesn't look bad at all. I believe in the jump shot. The jump shot is not, sh- the jump shot is not structurally bad. The main issue with it is it's a little low. Like if he can just raise that up, It'll be fine. Like, it's fine structurally. He's a good free throw shooter. Like, you guys got a real player. Yeah, and he just has to sit with Seth Curry for a half hour and see how he shoots the ball. Then I'm very confident that Max will come out with a better release point. And Oh, have- he'll be in the gym with uh, Curry. Like, you yeah. want to talk about a dude who's a worker? I th- he, he's a worker. He'll be in there. And he's a kid that'll take the advice. Like, oh, this is what you think is the issue? Okay, we can make this tweak here. Exactly. And Calipari guards, like we saw what happened with Devin Booker. I'm not saying he's going to be Devin Booker, but Devin Booker was real limited in what he was allowed to do at Kentucky. And then he comes in the league, he's averaging 27 points a game. I'm not saying Maxie's going to get 27 a game, but who knows if we saw everything Maxie can do at Kentucky. Um, he's a gamer as well. Like, yeah. oh, this game is on the SEC network? Um, you, you guys can have it. Oh shit! This is Big Tuesday. This is Super Tuesday. This is on ESPN. I'm here for 25. Yeah, like the lights are bright. He likes that kind of shit. And we're gonna be under the microscope a lot this year, so he's gonna he's gonna thrive under that. Uh, um. Oh, I I promise you, he'll give you one. Oh shit! Tyrese Maxey went off on a TNT on a national TV game. He just Looking likes me. that kind of shit. Like that's what 
that's part of the reason he dropped is because like the consistency wasn't there. Oh, we're playing Anthony Edwards, 20 ball, and them in Anthony Edwards shit. Oh, we're playing Vanderbilt and only the drafts only the draft people know about uh Aaron Naismith. Right. Eh, I don't know if I'm gonna give it my all tonight. Right. So like, that consistency, like he just needs to find that motivation. And I know that can be dangerous in an 82 or well, 72 this year, but normally 82 games, he's going to need to find that motor consistent consistently. All right. I hope doc rivers is in his ear about that and keeps him playing at a high level all the time. I'll be so and lights get bright. Don't you worry. Tyrese Maxey is here to play. It's like exactly what the Sixers need right there. Um, Daryl Morey is your new GM. What are your thoughts? I'm, I was a huge Sam Hinkie guy, so I know he's a disciple of Daryl Morey, so it was great to bring another guy like that into the front office. He's, Ellen Brand's made a lot of head-scratching moves since, he's, since he had the GM position, and it was in a very short period of time. He gave Tobias Harris $200 million, Al Horford $100 million for years. So it was good to have someone come in and fix his team overnight. One, a couple of nights, he, Daryl Morey really gave the Sixers a lot more promise and got rid of one of the biggest contracts that they have. He gave them what they need, shooters that Ellen Brand didn't put around them. They had Maz, who was their only shooter last year, which isn't enough. Did you think, or not did you think, do you think the marriage of Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey is going to work? Do you think it's interesting? How about that? Oh, it's absolutely interesting. I'm actually really intrigued to see how it works out because they don't seem to usually have the same styles. They sound like an arranged marriage. Like when I think about the two of them together, I'm like, hmm, somebody else put this together. They didn't come together organically. Exactly. When they're together, they say how well it's going together. I just got to make sure that's what happens on the court as well. How do you expect Doc to play this year? I think they're going to be tough. I think he's going to really utilize everyone's strengths. Everyone's saying Tobias Harris had his best season under Doc, so I hope he can light a fire under him and get him back to playing some good basketball. We need him to score the ball. We need we need him to average 20 to 22 a night with good efficiency. And I hope he brings the dog out of Joel back. Because he didn't make any all-NBA teams last year, so we need him to be hungry every night to – to prove that he's best big man in this league. We need him to think that. Ben, yeah, I, there's there's so many pieces, so many fun things that could happen with this team, and I'm, I think Doc's going to bring it out. Now, I assume when Doc took the job, this is just my assumption, like there's no way I would have walked into the Sixers job and been able to say, hey, I want to, I'd say, hey, I want to be the coach, but we can't make a move on Ben or Joel until I've been given a year. Like, I'm not the GM, but I need to see what I have first before whoever you bring in tries to make a move on one of them, unless I, like, explicitly give the okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like Maury said a million times, it's rare you have two star players in their prime on your team at one time. So you got to... Brett Brown just maybe wasn't the guy to make it work, but Doc Rivers probably thinks he can make it work. They have... They have the personnel this year to make it work, hopefully. So at least give it a year before you trade one of them away, even think about it, honestly. Um, if you were in that position, who do you think has more value around the league, and who would you rather keep as a Sixers fan? I think Simmons has more value because I think that's just the way the league is going. It's shy. Well, even though the big men did dominate like the Final Four this year, Jokic, Davis, 
Bam Adebayo. Like big men are still super valuable. I just think I just think you can get more for Ben. I think people are still scared with Joel's injury history a little bit, even though Ben's been getting hurt a lot himself. Who do I rather keep? Oh, I still never have a good answer on this. I I think I lean Embiid. I I don't know. I feel like Embiid's rookie year. I just go back to it all the time. He he really elevated that team like crazy, and they didn't really have much talent around him. He had, so I think he elevates teams more than Ben does. So I think I keep Embiid as of now. Can I push back on that? Just there's how do you word this? This team is built more for Joel Embiid than Ben Simmons. Would you yeah. agree with that? And I just think when Joel Embiid is out, it's still a team that's built for Embiid and Simmons is just the best player. That's, when Simmons is out, this team it's JoJo's team and it's still built around him. That's perfectly said. That's exactly what I would agree with. And that's that's not unique to the Sixers, actually, I came up with this line of thinking. Uh, whenever Durant was out, they uh, they'd hit you with the and the Warriors are plus six bajillion seven million and four without Durant. But when Curry's out, they're uh, a negative six billion four and three. Yeah. And as good as Durant is, that Warriors team was built around Steph's strengths sure. and being able to still win with Durant. And Steph out is a testament to how good Durant is or how good Embiid or Simmons is. But there is every star player has an ideal team profile built around it. And sometimes it just gets lost in like those like three game samples where so and so is gone. Well, how are they so good without Durant? Because they're running all the stuff that they are built to run without, they are now flipping the offense on the fly to try and fit the players and personnel more to Durant's skill set. Right. And that happens to Embiid and Simmons, and that can happen to any two teams with stars where there's where the team is focused on being built around one, and then the other guy might just be so good that you can plug and play him. Right, exactly. That's That's perfectly said. Um, ooh, just in additions, we missed Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley doesn't do much for me, but you have Dwight Howard, a known goofball. Yeah. And you have Joel Embiid with an injury history. So is he the third big man on the depth chart? He is as of now, but I'm hoping he doesn't see the court too much. I'm surprised he's even still in the league. I always thought he left North Carolina too early. He I mean, did he- North Carolina too early. Yeah, so he won this championship and. And bounce to the NBA, but I'm not. I'm not too um, thrilled about him being the third big man, honestly. But we'll see. Um. All right, give me somebody who pops this year. Who's the guy on the roster that he's going to break out by his standards, and that people are around the league are going to start to take notice? I think Shake Milton's going to have a big year. Um, Doc Rivers loves him, and he saw that firsthand last year when he dropped 38 points against them last year. I think something like that. So I think he's going to have a lot, ton of open looks this year. And he's just going to be in a better flowing offense this year. I think he's really going to show what he can do. Ooh, Shake Milton. That's fun, especially because, like, when I write these questions, I try and think of my answer. 
Yeah. And like, I always defer to you guys because I'm calling you because you watch the team more than I do. Like, this is your team. So my answer, I like my guess was, oh, he's definitely going to say Matisse Thybul. Yeah, that's a good one too. No, no, no. But I like the Shake Milton answer, yeah. especially because everybody likes offense. Like what Matisse does on defense is like for me and you, like basketball nerds. Right. But like if my girl has to watch the game, she's going to notice what Shake Milton does a little bit quicker than, oh, yeah, Matisse Thybul, great three-quarter rap here. And did you see him hedge the, the screen? She's going to notice, damn, Matisse Thybul, uh, not uh, Shake Milton, through the legs, pull up, transition three. Exactly. That's very true. Um, who are your projected starters? So what I would do with the team, personally, Simmons at the point, Danny, uh, Seth Curry at the two, Danny Green at the three, uh, Tobias at the four, and Joel Embiid at the five. So you are maximizing shooting this time around. Shooting, You're not playing. I want shooting all over the place with Simmons and Embiid on the floor. Oh, see, yeah, you're not playing with them no more. It's been it's been a rough couple of years since JJ left. Now you got to get the hitters out there. We need shooting all the time, everywhere. I'm excited for that. And I think Danny Green can still shoot the ball. I think he had a tough finals, but I think he's still a 37 plus percent three point shooter for sure. Danny Green's my favorite role player of all time. I love Danny Green. I'm so excited to have him. Being a UNC guy, he's my favorite UNC player ever. It's it's. I'm gonna get his jersey when I see what jersey number he is. Um, my cousin went to high school with Danny Green. Nice. And so my cousin, they're freshmen together, and this is my cousin I looked up to, and I was like, this is the greatest basketball player ever. And he's like, yeah, I'm on the freshman team. And I'm like, cool. And he's like, yeah, there's another freshman on the varsity team. And he's like, and I'm telling you, I think I'm better than him. Well, my cousin is now a rapper, and Danny Green is now a three-time NBA champion and one of not many people who has – a NCAA championship and multiple NBA rings. Three with three different teams too: Spurs, Raptors, Lakers. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like, Danny's out here getting to it. He's 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 having a very successful career. Um, the funny thing is, he was a second round pick, and I've never been more sure of a player in my life. Like when he got drafted. I was so confident. I was like, this guy will stick in the league because he can shoot. He plays defense. And he doesn't really do dumb stuff. And there were times in the beginning where it was dark and my confidence was probably a little too high because if he was a different type of dude, he could have washed out of the league and had like a career overseas. For sure. But like, you don't do four years at UNC you don't have the highest rating at Nike All-American camp ever without being, like, a dog and a worker. And, like, I knew that was his pedigree. Right. It's, it's awesome seeing him be in the league this long. Because I, he got drafted to Cleveland, right? He got drafted to Cleveland. And then uh, he got cut from the Spurs a couple times. He just, he just found a niche for himself. Yeah, he went off in that one finals, especially with the Spurs. Oh man, when uh and then they that's the one they lost actually. Yeah. He was he was a win away from Danny Green undrafted finals MVP. Yeah, he would have won it that year. Absolutely. He was on fire. Danny Green undrafted finals MVP, UNC champion, and then like four years there, and like as a kid who played a lot, I'm sure he holds a couple records there. Oh, absolutely. Like, 
we could be real close to like Danny Green might have broke the basketball hall of fame because like it's already too easy to get into. And then like you start looking at his resume and you add a finals MVP, but like his subpar career stats overall. And like, we're having a real conversation that like, well, what is the basketball hall of fame? What are we doing? It's seems like anyone's getting in nowadays. So finals MVP for him, that's a legitimate discussion right there. Well, it's all basketball. Like, yeah, I, as good as he was, I'd assume he was Mr. Basketball in New York. Probably. Like, I'd have to look it up, but, like, your high school career counts. Four years at UNC, whatever records he holds there, plus an NCAA championship. Then we're talking three rings with three different teams and a final MV, finals MVP. Oh, my God, Danny Green might have been an NBA Hall of Famer and – Oh, or not an NBA, a basketball Hall of Famer, and that is why Bill Simmons wrote the book of basketball because the NBA needs its own. And we'll see what he does with the Sixers. So he can only keep expanding on that. Um. So those are your those are that's who you want to start. Do you also project that that's how Doc goes? I think Doc's going to go to Thibel in the starting five and maybe put Danny Green on the bench. I'm pretty certain. Actually, no. Danny Green's starting Curry on the bench. I've seen that a lot in a lot of projections. That's not what I would do, but I think he wants the defense out there. And Thibel's shot's decent. It's not even close to Danny Green or Curry's level, but it's respectable. And So that's why I think he does go with, but I hope I'm wrong. Well, as long as Danny Green is shooting it, you've added significant shooting to the lineup. But I really did like the lineup that you put out there the best. Like, let Simmons control the ball, and then Steph Curry is a fine secondary ball handler. Sure. And then you also have Tobias Harris, and you have some get-it-off-the-rim-and-go potential. Like, you might not need to outlet every time. No, no, you have guys that could push it every time. And that's what makes Ben Simmons so special is that He's so big when he grabs the rebound and it's time to go. Danny Green and Seth filling the wings. Um, Tobias as your trailer. Even, I'm not one of those people who goes crazy about Joel Embiid threes. Like, in the right situation, if Joel wants to take a trailer three, fire that bitch off. Go ahead. Especially because he seems like the kind of player that his mood is very in tune with his game. So if a three here or there keeps him happy and engaged, then he might just need that. Absolutely. Keeping Joel engaged is one of the most important things for the Sixers. Is when he's engaged, they can do well. All right. Give me – normally I ask for team expectations, and I will ask you that. But because Joel is so polarizing and when, like, he's on his shit – He's scary. Like, I think back to last year's All-Star game. um, Body bump, body bump, shoulder shimmy, uh, jumper over LeBron. And, like, yeah. and I know it's exhibition, but, like, in that moment, that's the competitive fire that's, look, I'm the dude here. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are. Me, you you gotta see me right now. They were trying at that point in the game, too. So, I know LeBron was beating him up and... And, like, yeah, he was, look, I'm here. I'm not for the funny shit. Like, you got to come see me. So what is motivated? I didn't make an NBA team at all last year. We got bounced in the first round. 
what is JoJo bringing us this year? I think numbers-wise, I think he's going to do 25 points. He'll get 12 rebounds. The blocks were way down last year. I think he's going to bump those back up to the two range. I'll say 2.2 blocks a game. And he's been getting better at the passing, too. He's, he's been better with handling the double teams, which a lot of time end up with an easy layup. So I'm going to say 3.7 assists as well. I think he's going to have a huge season. First team All-NBA. Second team at the worst. He's definitely going to make one of them. And um, I think he's going to be a top five MVP candidate as well. That's what I wanted. Is, yeah. is Joel Embiid coming after the MVP this year? He wants that really bad. He's, that's definitely one of his goals. Would he be the first? When's the last time a big won it? I feel like I'm, like, I feel like I'm missing somebody, but I know I'm not. Like, I don't think you are missing anyone. Uh, Duncan? Duncan's the Duncan, KG, like it's that era. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that's. I think that's the last time. That's crazy. Um, and that some of that is the way the game has changed. Um, actually, Dirk might be the answer, but Dirk is Dirk. Yeah, say Dirk is a big. You almost have to be like, well, then LeBron and KD won it too. Like they're like Dirk is in that hybrid mold. Exactly, he, he wasn't back the very cusp of a big. Yeah. That's true. All right. What are your Sixers ex- What's a What is a good season for you guys? Like one that like you you don't leave the season feeling disappointed. They need to get past the second round this year. That's that's been their Achilles heel is the second round. They haven't that Kawhi shot still haunts me to this day, but they were that away from finally eclipsing the second round against the conference finals. So I mean, Eastern Conference Finals is at the, is the low end goal, that's right? Well, that's the minimum. That's it's it's a really competitive Eastern Conference this year at the top. So I think if they get there, they'll show that they're they're not playing around. And if they did get bounced in the Eastern Conference Finals, Maury would look at where it went wrong and make the proper adjustments. I I have full trust in that guy. And for the record, you don't have an issue with the Ben Jojo pairing. You think the pieces around them have been the issue, not them necessarily. I think if it doesn't work this year, then there is an issue. But I think they haven't had this infrastructure in, pla- in place for it to work. So I think with what they have now, it, if it doesn't work, it's never going to work. Okay. All right. I won't steal any more of your time. Can you just tell people where they can find you? Are you uh, creating any content or you're just tweeting away i have a blog i'll post that on my bio actually i haven't done that yet but uh you can follow me at at stewiakovich on twitter uh s-t-e-w-y-a-k-o-v-i-c thank you so much for having me man i really appreciate you giving me the time ladies and gentlemen this has been the shaw's law podcast please leave an itunes an anchor a stitcher a spotify review if you leave a review i promise i will read that bitch on this show I, once again, I want to thank my boy uh, Stu Yakovich for pulling up to chop it up and talk Sixers real quick. Make sure you guys give him a follow. And then, like, you got to find somebody to follow me, too, because he's killing me in the followers game. Like, I was looking today, and I was like, damn, another guest with way more followers and bitches than me. This is nuts. Definitely. I'll definitely retweet it once you post the link, for sure. All right. Thank you for your time, Stewie. Thanks, man. Take care.